Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly with producer Neil A. Caruso, who will join us to find out what business looks like for this year from Kathy Wilde who has a very good idea because she talks privately to many business owners and CEOs every day because she is the president of the foremost business lobbying group, the Partnership for New York City. And I just want to say that Kathy has made herself available to talk to us every time that we have asked her for information since this pandemic began, whether the news has been good or bad. And we appreciate that. So, Kathy, first of all, how much of a setback do you think that this Omicron variant is going to be? Well, it's a big setback in the sense of the psychology more than the economy, I think, that the longer people are functioning remotely, and that's many of our key industries in finance and technology and many other uh, key areas, uh, e-commerce. As long as people are functioning remotely and buying their stuff on the internet rather than patronizing our local stores, we're going to see a slowdown in the recovery of our brick and mortar economy, our local community shopping strips, our neighborhood small businesses. That's what's really getting hurt. And once again, we're seeing that happen with the Omicron the longer people work remotely, the harder it is to get them back to pre-pandemic offices. So what are we going to do or what's going to happen with these office towers, Kathy? Well, I think the new office towers are renting very well, but there's a 19% commercial vacancy, mostly in the older real estate. I think actually a lot of it, the old buildings that are in bad shape are going to come down and we're going to see them replaced with residential, mixed use, uh, entertainment, destination entertainment. And uh, I think the uh, similarly, the street level retail space is going to be changing dramatically into services, probably because we're, we're focusing more now on direct services, entertainment, uh, destination activity. It's interesting that you think that some of the older towers will come down because many of them are not suitable for easy conversion. So the thinking on the inside now is take them down and put them up again then. Yes, in a number of cases, that's true. And I, I, 
I can think of specific buildings, uh, the whole area of the Midtown East rezoning. There are a number of old buildings there that don't lend themselves to residential conversion or any other conversion that will probably come down as you're seeing happen with the RXR project uh, where they've taken down the Grand Hyatt and they're going to rebuild a whole new setting that includes all these mixed use and, and uh, uh, entertainment to retail as well as office structures. That's going to be the plan of the future. Uh, one Vanderbilt, uh, the SL Green building on 42nd Street, right next to the to the uh, old Hyatt site, is a good example. And I have one other question before we get to Neil, and of particular interest to smaller businesses. I'm wondering if they are going to benefit as people, to some degree, many of them work from home and spend more time in the neighborhoods. So I wonder if the best districts for business in the city are going to change from what they have been. Joe, I think that's a really good point. We've had a Manhattan-centric economy for a very long time, at least since the 1970s, where that's where the job growth is. A third of the employees in Manhattan commute from outside the city. Uh, and so we've, we've had that concentration of economic activity. Now in the five or six years before the pandemic hit us, Brooklyn was actually the fastest source of job growth in the city. So it had begun to change, but the pandemic has accelerated that. So I think your point that we're going to see business interests and real estate interests across the five boroughs actually benefit over the long term of the deconcentration of, of economic activity across the city is very appropriate. Neil. Joe and Kathy, Happy New Year. Nice to see you again. Um, when we look at January, it was supposed to be the time that businesses came back to the office. Um, and now companies that the partnership for New York City represents, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, they've pulled out and said, well, we have to delay that now. With remote work taking hold here, number one, is it cemented? And number two, um, are any companies using remote work to their advantage, um, kind of to Joe's point there? Well, remote work, I think, uh, as we've said before, remote work, the longer it goes on, the more people adjust to it and decide they want to stay home. And particularly for young people who have not experienced the benefits of an office culture, the mentoring, the learning, the interface with your colleagues, the team building, um, younger people are very resistant to five days of work, uh, uh, five days a, a week in the office. So I think we are going to see that change. We're projecting now, our survey says 80% of companies are looking at what's called a hybrid work schedule where people will at least work two or three days in the office, the other days at home. And that's going to be the new normal post pandemic. Now that doesn't mean that folks will not be uh, fully employed, will not be, uh, our economy will stay strong, but local small business will in fact be hurt. 
Joe and I would love to talk to you about uh, this new administration, uh, Eric Adams uh, becoming the uh, 110th mayor on the 1st. Um, what are you hoping for uh, out of this new administration? He's promised favorable business policies. Um, what are you hoping for, number one? And have you had any conversations with him that, uh, that encourages you uh, so far? We're excited about Mayor Adams and that he, number one, wants to work with the business community as opposed to dismissing the business community as his predecessor did. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, we believe that the private sector has a lot of expertise and resources that can be helpful to solving the city's problems. We are pleased that he wants to consult before making policy rather than afterwards. And obviously he's not just doing that with business, he's doing that with organized labor, he's doing that with the nonprofit sector. So I think we're all as New Yorkers going to feel a little more engaged in the decisions that matter to our communities and to our city. In under an Adams administration. And I think that's a really good thing. Joe? I just meant to say at the beginning, things change so fast that I wanted to point out that we are recording this on January 3rd, 2022, just to date it so you know the context in which we're speaking. And Kathy, I was amazed at a stat you just said. I had not heard that, that 80% of employers, generally large ones, are saying that they think that they will go to hybrid to some sort. I, I'd not heard that kind of a higher number uh, until now. Well, and that number has increased steadily over the past two years. As I said, the longer people work remotely, the more difficult it is to get them back to five days a week in the office. Wow. So they just they're starting to accept maybe that they just can't force this and keep everybody happy. What, Absolutely. What, Absolutely. what about crime and homeless? Uh, two big areas for the new mayor. What are you hearing? What are you suggesting? Well, clearly the new mayor has experience, expertise and a public commitment to deal with both the crime and the homelessness issues. And unfortunately, they often end up being connected. So, as well as mental health issues, uh, which are heavily in the mix in both those areas. I'm getting calls regularly from employers who say one of the reasons for that employees for not coming back to work is the high level of harassment, uh, panhandling, uh, even attacks and assaults that they see going on in, in the streets, in the subways, or they perceive going on because they're watching it remotely and, and reading the tabloid headlines. So there's a, that is a top priority. And I think that it's one that, again, all New Yorkers have to help solve the problem. Neil. Kathy, uh, let me ask you about the vaccine mandates that uh, Mayor Adams has uh, said that he'll, he'll keep in place, at least for now. Um, how does this impact uh, the workplace? I mean, I've heard from some business owners if categories this as actually being some sort of cover for them because they want to keep the workplace safe. Um, what, what's your take on that? 
Absolutely. Business generally supports government providing a vaccine mandate, and we have consistently. What we're looking for, though, is some uh, flexibility, number one, on timing. Uh, Mayor de Blasio announced a vaccine mandate for private sector employers three weeks before it was to take effect. And that simply was not enough time, especially for small businesses who were not subject to President Biden's vaccine mandate. President Biden gave a mandate for private sector employers with over 100 employees. That mandate came out at the beginning of September. It was effective January 4th. So there was time to put a protocol in place for getting your people vaccinated. I'm hoping that uh, Mayor Adams will look at the requirements, judge the impact on various kinds of businesses, mostly those with essential workers who have to be responding to emergency calls or um, providing uh, direct services. He'll look at that and try and come up with some flexible policies uh, that make it easier for people to get things done. As you know, small business is having a difficult time finding people to come back to work for them. And that's a that's an issue in particular for small business and makes it more anything that's an obstacle to getting people back in the workplace makes their life harder. Kathy, I understand you've had a number of meetings with uh, Mayor Adams and Mayor-elect Adams. What's he like in person? What is it like to talk business with the new mayor? The first thing that Mayor Adams does is say, I want to learn, I want to listen. And that's a refreshing change that government elected officials do not have all the answers, um, which is something that uh, many of them don't recognize. So that's, that's number one in the conversation. And then number two is trying to figure out where interests are in common. A uh, big priority of Mayor Adams right now is getting internships for high school kids, getting training and certifications and jobs for college students and for the unemployed. We still have 360,000 people who have lost their jobs during the COVID and may not be qualified. Probably most are not qualified for the available job openings. So closing that skills gap is another priority he has. And rather than telling us how he's going to do it, he's asking us how we can do it together with employers, with uh, entrepreneurs, how we can do this together. Because that's an answer to crime, too. And uh, it ties right in. Neil, one more question and then me. Yep. And Joe, uh, you know, the mayor has also said he's not going to shut the city down, um, you know, again, that we have to learn to live with COVID, that. Um, you know, we need these businesses to um, to operate. And so that's that's been his message his first couple of days in office as we talk here. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, about hiring, as you brought up earlier, Kathy. Um, the city's unemployment rates more than double the national average. And, um, you know, just more than half of those jobs that were lost in the pandemic have been regained so far. How do you change this tide, number one? Number two, what does the city and the state need to do to incentivize new businesses um, to come in? 
Well, I think that both Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams are making it's, this a real priority, is getting back those jobs we've lost and figuring out where the new jobs are going to come from. Now, the good news is last year we had a record high venture capital investment in New York City businesses, in fintech, in life sciences. These are technology businesses. And again, the, the problem we have is making sure we're training local people who have lost their jobs to take part in this technology, the digital economy. That's a big challenge and helping small businesses gain access to the internet for marketing and serving their customers and for building those relationships. What we've found, we've set up a small business resource center with the City Economic Development Corporation and the five borough chambers of commerce. And during the pandemic, we set that up. And what we found is that the biggest requests now coming in are for very small companies, many of them women and minority owned, who just want help getting connected on the internet and how to set up a decent website and how to market their products or manage their business. So we've set up a program that's providing grants to small business to help them set up and establish their technology capacity. So that's one way, I think, and hopefully we're going to scale that program uh, in this, with the city and state. That's one way that we can help rebuild those businesses. Business is being conducted in a very different way today than it historically has been. And it's the digital economy, and you're either going to get with it or you're going to lose your business. Kathy, I just have one last question. Based on your experience across all size businesses, this one's a little bit out of the blue, but it occurs to me to ask you, what advice do you have for the owners of small and mid-sized businesses to get the big businesses in New York as their clients, to get some work with the big businesses? Does anything come to mind? How do they get in that door? Well, that's something that we've been thinking a lot about and that the big businesses have been thinking about. So we're going to, from our end, from the big business corporate side, we're going to make sure that we're bringing together the purchasing agents, the procurement people to have them focus on this issue. From the other side, we need a mechanism, and I'm not sure where this is going to come from. I think the Chambers of Commerce will be involved, but we need somebody to screen and provide references for right. small businesses that want to be part of a supply chain to the large businesses. And that's something we haven't had before. So individual businesses have their own set of procurement with small and minority owned businesses. But often if they've got somebody good, they don't want to share them. Or that, or that small business may not have access to the support and the financing they need to grow, to serve more customers. So the challenge is to look at this as a benefit to both large and small businesses, but we have to organize it and create a system. And I think this is something Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul will both understand and help us to establish using nonprofit intermediaries. So we make the connections 
between the small businesses that can provide services, the resources that they need to grow their business, to serve and to meet the demands of a big company, which is doesn't happen by magic. It's a lot of work. And then making those connections across New York's corporate sector. Thank you, Kathy Weil, for all your work since 2001, actually, in this current role in, in doing everything that you can to help businesses in New York. And Happy New Year. Thanks, Kathy. Well, thank you, Joe and Neil, and thanks to WCBS for focusing on business. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.